You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 169, and I'm your host, Tom Gallo. On this edition of Look at My Records, I chatted with Diane Jean, the front person of Burlington, Vermont indie rock outfit Clever Girls. After a whirlwind 2020 that started with the theft of a significant amount of the band's gear and the cancellation of several tour dates due to the pandemic, the quartet is looking to move forward in a big way in 2021 with the release of their incredible sophomore album, Constellations, which is out now via Egg Hunt Records. The follow-up to their strong debut, Luck, sees Gene dissecting the myriad of feelings that accompany the process of coming out as non-binary while simultaneously forging a new amorphous sonic identity for the band. During my interview with Gene, we talked about how the band rebounded after the challenging circumstances of early 2020, their special relationship with recording engineer James Parker, the inspiration behind several of Constellation's standout tracks like Stonewall and Saturn, and much more. Plus, you'll hear us talk about some awesome records from Beck, The Cranberries, Britney, and more. We'll dive into our interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look At My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look At My Records website where you can find reviews, premieres of new music, playlists, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. All right, I'm here with DJ of Clever Girls. Their new album, Constellations, is out now on Egg Hunt Records. Congrats on the release. How are you? Uh, thank you so much. Um, I am doing well. Um, releasing an album, I'm always just like surprised at how stressful it is. I don't know if I'm the only one that experiences this, but big, big time anxiety in like the time of the record release. So um, it's it's good that it's finally like the wheels are in motion. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely seems like a stressful process. Plus, sharing something that you put a lot of effort and work into is anxiety-inducing as well. But the good thing is it's an awesome, awesome record. Thank you. (laughs) You're very welcome. So I do have a question about the name because (laughs) I've been a Clever Girls fan for a couple of years now. I really liked Luck. And is it named after the line from Jurassic Park where... The guy says, clever girl to the dinosaur. All right. So this story is kind (laughs) of like, it's kind of funny because, um, so Jurassic Park as a kid, I only saw it still to this day. Like, I don't think I've seen the movie in its its entirety and definitely not that scene in the movie because I was terrified. Like it scared the living It is a scary movie. I was scared Um, as a kid of it too. So, so scared. So... I actually didn't think of the band name. My bandmates thought of it. And I was like, oh, like, that's a cool band name. Like, sure, whatever. And this was before we decided we were going to, like, 
make albums and like tour and like do the things that like a band would do. We were just kind of like goofing around, whatever. So anyway, the band name stuck and people would always ask me like, oh, is it like a Jurassic Park reference? And I would be like, no, because I like didn't know what they were talking about. Like, what the? like no. <laughs> and I, I literally was like, why do people keep? And so one day I came to like band practice and I was like, y'all, like people keep asking me if this band name's a Jurassic Park reference. And they were like, is <laughs> just like um, okay so anyway so the band name stuck and so it is a Jurassic Park reference but um I didn't unbeknownst to you initially that's <laughs> yeah. very funny yeah so it is it is really really funny and I just I, every time someone asks me I'm like yes it is <laughs> it is now now you know that's now good know. though yeah you're in the know now right but Crazy time to be releasing a new record. Really tough time for musicians this last year. I know specifically, I remember right before the band was going on tour, I remember you posted on Facebook that your Korg synthesizer was stolen from your car. And then the whole live music industry completely shut down. I'm assuming you went on that tour because it was in February of last year, but then touring came to a complete halt after that. How did you process all of that initially? And how are you feeling about it uh, now? <laughs> um, yeah, I would say like this time last year was by far and away one of the like hardest professional moments of my life in terms of like performing music and being uh, like a touring musician. So the robbery happened almost a year ago to the date. It happened on February, I think, 24th of last year, so of 2020. And um, they stole, like, what ended up being over $2,000 worth of gear. It was, like, a lot, a lot, a lot of, of musical equipment. And, like, pedals, cables, these sorts of things. Like, my iPhone was in my car. They stole that. So... Um, they stole all kinds of shit. We were just so, so lucky. So we had been touring with a, a new synth player, like in our band, like she was coming on tour with us specifically for these tours that we had scheduled for February, March, and April. So it was actually like, it wasn't her equipment. It was our equipment, but it was like the reason that she was there got stolen. Yeah. And so she was like here as this like new addition to our band and the reason that she was there like got taken away. So it was horrible. So, and then of course we actually ended up crowdsourcing enough money to buy a new synth, but we had to reverse engineer all of the sounds on it. So like we were coming into like the shutdown, just like at a baseline of just very high anxiety, very stressed out, really not sure what the songs are going to be sounding like, because even though, you know, we've played them hundreds of times and recorded them, like the, a, like a big component of these songs was the synthesizer. And, and we had all of these written sounds on that instrument. And that was that. So I did not handle it well. <laughs> I, I mean, just like in all transparency, I was like a nervous wreck. I was anxious. I was depressed. I, and this was on tour. This was like before things were getting shut down and people were saying like, turn around, like pack your bags, this, this sort of thing. Um, and just, I was in such deep denial about it. I have to be honest, like, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, everything's fine. Like, we'll, we'll play with face masks on. It'll be great. And finally, like, we, we got into the Carolinas around March 13th of last year. And everyone was like, this is, 
and like we have to go now and like we drove back up the east coast and i was like driving through the apocalypse like i remember just grocery stores being empty and you know people who would normally put us up were not able to do that so we had to do the drive straight shot wow. um, it was just you know so i didn't handle it well the first few months were really hard and i feel like only as of the summer i finally like settled into the reality of like this is just this is what it is and and yeah so <laughs> long answer to a short question but yeah so, so when did the recording of constellations take place in relation to all of that so the session started in last year was 2020 they started in very i think late 2018 i want to say yeah like like november or something of 2018 and they took place over that year and we wrapped up everything i think by fall of 2019 everything except for maybe like a couple of like mixing stuff and so we were set to like we were gearing up to release it in like spring yeah. of 2020 um was the was the initial plan <laughs> yeah this is something that you had started writing a, a while ago while you were recording luck how did uh, inspiration for these new songs strike while you were working on luck and why did you decide not to maybe include some of these new songs on Luck? Did you feel like there was a significant difference or something that you wanted to keep separate about them? Um, I think the songs on Luck had just been songs that the band had been playing and performing out that felt very much like a collection of work. And even though, so like the, a few songs were written around that time. So they were written in like late 2018 um, and or mid 2018. And I remember Baby Blue is actually something that I brought to a couple members of the band and I actually pitched it for luck. And a couple, a couple members of the band were like, or like, I think maybe it was Winfield who was like, like, it's good, but it's not there yet. And like, so we ended up just really just restructuring everything. So the songs were not only very different from luck, like just, um, in terms of the content that they were about, but they were also just like, I feel like by the time that we were in the studio recording Luck, we were already almost like one foot out the door in terms of like the exploration that we wanted to do with new songs. So it just, they just wouldn't have fit. In, yeah. in, in my mind, like they were just never meant to be on that album, even though that they were, they were written, like I think I wrote a half of Baby Blue like at the studio when we were at a Luck session, I think. Um, so, anyways, so I feel like separating them out really ended up being, like, this great thing because it gave us this sort of sense of transition from, like, what we had done to, like, what we were trying to do. Made it a cognitive sort of decision. Yeah, I could definitely hear and feel the differences in listening to the two records. I am curious about what your mindset was in making Constellations as compared to Luck and what you wanted the record to sound like in comparison to luck so i think like with luck we were all so enthusiastic to just be making an album that there were a lot of things that were just thrown at the wall and we kind of saw what stuck and and like it, it was not to say it wasn't thoughtful it was very thoughtful but just the the process of being in the studio was very different than in constellations and constellations like i felt like not only as a musician but as a as a writer i had grown so much and i really wanted that to show on this album and i really i i mean 
I, we were so nitpicky with the new album and, and I think sometimes to a point of fault even. I think with this new record, there is like a like what I want people to hear is growth and a band that's trying to push their own boundaries and trying to push out of maybe like a pigeonhole that that certain people might hold us yeah. in and that was really really important to me and like it actually led to the, like a lot of different conversations like whether or not we even wanted to include um certain songs on this album because they were written during the luck sessions etc yeah, so, yeah 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 yeah, it's a, it's a very intense record, and it is difficult to pigeonhole it for sure as far as what it sounds like sonically, which I think is a really good thing because I feel like it definitely explores a lot of different influences and sounds. What The overarching theme on the record, you definitely get into your experiences coming out as a queer, gender, non-conforming person. And I was just curious, was it challenging for you to write this record from an emotional perspective or did you find it to be largely therapeutic for you a little bit of both so like there were certain songs that just like happened all at once and then there were songs that i had to keep going back to there were songs that i didn't i put them on the album and i was like i never want to play this live like i never want to revisit this ever um so there's definitely a little bit of both um but now that the album is, you know, out and I'm I'm getting the chance to sort of like re sort of revisit all of it. Um, I'm really I'm really happy that everything that's on there is is on there. Like I had a couple of hang ups about certain songs because of sort of the headspace that I was in when I wrote them. And um, now it feels really good to see where I was and know that like where I am now is like leagues away. And I think, I think that's a really powerful thing. <laughs> yeah. What, cause it is interesting that you had mentioned that in addition to writing it a couple of years ago already, you also recorded it basically like a year and a half, two years ago now. Wh- what do you, what comes to mind when you think about the songs? Because it does seem to really dive into specific time in your life. What comes to mind for me now is just like, how happy I am to be through it because most of the, I, so I write all of the lyrics to the song. So like all of the lyrics are incredibly personal and, and I listen to them now and there's like some, re- like just some intense personal growth that happened between when I wrote these songs and where I am now. Um, and I find that, um, when I listen to these songs now, I, I'm just, I'm glad I got out what I needed to say because I think there was a lot of things that I needed to say and I, I said it and now it's out and it's like, we're, we're, I'm good. I can, I can move, move forward in a lot of ways. And I think also just writing about these new things, like these new topics on constellations, like there was like a lot, a lot of stuff that I wrote about that I had never even touched on before, you know, that I was in a lot of ways, I think, too scared to sort of like turn the mirror back and and do some hard hard looking at myself um so yeah, yeah. that's definitely challenging stuff to to go through and dissect through art the record opens really powerfully i love come clean and i love lavender i think they both have really powerful loud quiet dynamics 
to them, especially Come Clean, which has those moments of like intense guitar distortion that are kind of brief, but really powerful. So I was curious about what you were trying to convey through that. And did you try to use that to help convey the meaning and feeling of the lyrics that you were singing? For sure. Uh, I mean, so I can't remember whose idea it was to just do drum vocal for the first verse. Um, I'm honestly having a hard time remembering. I think it was either my idea or James's idea. James is who produced the, the album. The producer, yeah. Um, but we we liked this idea, I remember, because it sort of recalled sort of like a style that we used on Luck with a different song. So right away, people who had been exposed to Luck would, would be like, oh, like, like this, like, I know this, like, this is a move. Um, and so... With the, with the loud quiet, I think for me it was really about. To me, it sort of it sort of feels like when you're having a conversation, and you just like want to shake someone, you know? Like, yeah. um, and so I I feel like we did a really good job conveying that feeling. And come clean for me too is probably my favorite song on the album. I remember I wrote it and like immediately called Rob, our drummer, and was just like, "You need to come over right now." <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so I'm really glad that, yeah, that song resonates with you and, and I hope it conveys what I want it to convey, which is, uh, uh, I think that we all have, have grievances that we need to air and we need to be honest with ourselves and, and with the people we love about what they are. So, yeah, I thought the cool, the really cool lyric that leads into that really big guitar part is your voice in my head and then it kind of just explodes to me it kind of felt like that's what voices in your head feel like sometimes yeah, yeah. definitely definitely yeah that song was uh, very tedious for us to record too because i think with that tune it, it spoke to a lot of us and and we all had like lots of ideas about how we wanted the song to be produced and, and what we wanted to contribute and uh and and yeah, I'm really excited for folks to hear that one, actually. Yeah, it's an awesome, awesome song. Great way to kick off a record. Too. Thank you. We were nervous yeah. about it. We were like, should we <laughs> <Yeah>. just do it? <laughs> do it. That, that yeah, was the so. right choice. Out of all the songs, it's a great lead-off track for sure. Thanks. So I really like Saturn, too, later on in the record. And you incorporate elements of astrology and tarot into... Uh, this song. I'm curious, are, is that something that plays a role in your life? Things like that? And I know there's a specific story behind the track, so tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so Saturn, so actually just in general, that year of my life, I had like lots of, of like that theme going on just in terms of, of like really significant interactions that I had. So this particular song, my friend Lee is, um, does tarot readings for some of their friends every so often and um they did a reading for me and i had never had one before um they did a reading for me backstage at um higher ground which is a venue in burlington, burlington. or south burlington um and i just remember them like pulling these cards and, and like just being like like, you know, like giving me like, <laughs> like, like a wince kind of, and, uh, not like a wince, but I think like the thing about tarot is, is ultimately 
from the readings that I've had, you want to you want to turn it into something positive. You want to yeah. spin it so that like you can say like this sucks, but it's like a great time to start fresh, you know. Um, and so there was like a lot of of that sort of stuff going on, and and I remember like Lee was just asking me these kind of kind of vague, but like hinting at like is there something going on? And I just remember at the time like being so unsure about so many things, and it was. I think r the summer before I came out was all these things. And so it was sort of just this really necessary, informative conversation for me to like really take a look wow, at yeah. myself and be like, like, what's going on? Like, what can you get rid of? What can you unload? What can you scrap? Because things aren't working the way that they, that, the way that, you know, you're set up right now. And, and so I, shortly after i think it was like that night or like the next day I, I went home and started writing saturn and um i yeah i i just i've had several sort of like readings like that i met with a medium actually like that, that year and she told me some crazy shit like <laughs> some crazy stuff and I just remembered like having all of these crazy sort of like cosmic conversations and things that I had never particularly bought into one way or the other and having them all just ring super super true um and super powerfully so did did that inspire the the feel of the record because it is it is intense in the beginning but then it does kind of get spacier and more far out towards the middle and the end it kind of in contrast to the the first few tracks yeah i mean i think for me like ultimately the record represents a transition and so we're parting with some of these things that we've we've built ourselves on from before and into now and i feel like the the b side of the record in a lot of ways just for me represented all of this this new ground, these new sounds, like these like really formative conversations that I'm talking about, all of these sorts of things. And um, the A side of the record in a lot of ways is a do to, to everything yeah. else. Um, and that was, that was a very, like, yeah, that was a very, what's the word I'm looking for? That was a decision. <laughs> it was deliberate. It was conscious yes. on your part. Yes. Yeah, I, I could totally heal, hear and feel that too. And in relation to that, I love the placement of the title track, Constellations, which is kind of this buffer track in the middle, which blends a lot of uh, spacey sounds. It's really cool, great way to split up the record. So how'd that track come together and why'd you decide to put it uh, right in the middle of the record? So I am really glad that you love that track and its placement. The placement between Baby Blue and Spark, it just... It sort of worked out that way because if you listen closely, Constellations, the song, has little bits of, of every song in it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like there's little like vocal samples or, or piano riffs or whatever it is um, thrown into the mix there, which is really fun to try to like go through it and, and put it together like a puzzle and pick what fits where. Um, but um, the song itself, like it was actually written and arranged by James. I had, I mean, zero things to do with it. And he presented it to me and he was like, oh, I made this thing um, as like sort of a relaxing 
thing because I was just mixing for 20 hours and I wanted to have fun and it's like a sort of like brain relaxing and I was like no like we're gonna put this on the album that's it's great <laughs> it's and just I'm like gonna, messing like, around kind of yeah it's yeah funny. or at least that's what he he expressed to me and I was like James like I really want to put this on the album and I, I want it to be the title track like can we do that are you comfy with it and he was like fuck yeah nice. <laughs> so so I, I think it's perfect in a lot of ways also because um, James, and I, I've, I've done interviews and talked about this before as well, um, he's like a part of our band. Like he, he really is. He, he's so hands-on in all of our recording processes. He's, um, he, I mean, helps from like helping arrange stuff to like, to like feedback to obviously the engineering, the mixing and he's a producer on the album it's just he's he needed his own song <laughs> like he needed it <laughs> so uh so yeah we're we're really psyched to have it on there yeah because he produced your first record luck so what about the experience of working with them on your first record made you want to collaborate with them again? And how'd you meet? What's your working relationship like with them? Um, okay, so James and I have known each other for about a decade now. Oh, wow. um, so we go pretty far back. I met him when he was playing in a band called Mora, which is, was a Boston, Massachusetts-based band. And I was in the bar that they were playing in with a like a fucking fake ID or something like, <laughs> you know, very cliche, but, and we sort of, we met a couple times, you know, when I was living in Boston a handful of times and then we didn't really reconnect until after I left, which is kind of funny. He just worked with all of these bands that I loved in like at this previous studio that he used to work at. And so when I decided we were going to do a full length record, I was like, he's the person that's going to do it. Like, that's it. Um, and also just big, nice in general, that studio is such a beautiful space. It's, it's amazing for us because we can just go there and stay there and, and work until, you know, the wee hours of the morning and then like crash there and, and everything. So the experience writing Lockwood was very, obviously very hands-on and for us really exciting as our first album. And, and when we wanted to sort of like take the next step and, and, turn it up on the next album I was like we can't really go anywhere else because yeah. like no one else is I didn't really feel like there were many people at least who would give us the, f the freedoms that that James did and the support and and you know just the resources in general like and I'm I'm pretty set with that like we're, we're getting ready to go back to the studio again and you know he's he's our guy he's He's our yeah. teammate. So. That's, so, that's so cool. And it's cool. It sounds like a fun experience because for this record and the last record I've read, and, and you just mentioned that you go there, you kind of stay there for the duration of right. the recording sessions. What's what's that like to have everyone together, uh, basically so, living and breathing, recording the record for a week or whatever? Yeah, it's definitely intense. Um and I think, like, the Constellations s sessions were oddly, like, I had a lot of, <laughs> James is like, what did he call it? He called it, like, I think, like, lead singer syndrome or something, where, like, every session I would come to, I would have, like, this new ailment, which was really weird. Like, 
I'm not a person who gets sick often or like who who gets hurt or injured. But every time I came to the studio, I would have like this different ailment going on, which was bizarre. So hopefully moving forward, that won't happen again. But um, <laughs> but um, just yeah, just being there, I think for those extended periods of time, for me, it's like, you know, you can strike when the iron's kind of hot. Like if an idea comes, you can, you can play with it. Or like Winfield tends to be more of a night owl. Um, and lucky for us, James is too. So tracking guitar parts into in like three, four or five in the morning isn't an issue. Like we can do that. And, and I don't really know a lot of places that allow you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's intense, but it's worth it for, like, the creative freedom that you get um, and just the amount of time you, you get to spend working um, is great. <laughs> yeah, that does sound great. It's cool to hear the different approaches that people take to recording a record. And that yeah. that's one of them, and it seems like a cool way to go about doing for it. For sure. It's like we, I remember I slept in the vocal booth. Like, they have, like, a, a vocal booth, like, in the back of the studio and it's so cozy because it's all like you know built out to record vocals so it's just like very quiet and like very soft space and I got to sleep there and then like wake up and like record all my vocals there so it was just like it's great it's it's really fun awesome so Stonewall third single on the record super powerful track the title evokes images of the Stonewall uh, rebellion in New York City by members of the LGBTQ community in response to police violence. But it's really a very personal track, lyrically, where you talk about your own rebellion against gender norms, particularly in the context of relationships. So I'm just curious about what experiences informed the song lyrically, and when did you decide to make that broader connection uh, to Stonewall. So the broader connection to Stonewall, it just, it happened pretty organically just because of like the words and the, and the title and the song. And I felt like it made, it just like the connection was there because it, it does in fact, like unpack all of not only like the rebellion within the context of, of relationships, but just internally, the rebellion against like your own internalized phobias, you know, yeah. for lack of a better way to put it. There's so much internalized, like, I, I think I'm, I'm just going to say something and uh, I hope that people get it. But like in the process of coming out, at least for me, like required so much unpacking of like all of this internalized misogyny and internal internalized homophobia and all of that stuff. And it's, really heavy stuff and you yeah. have to ask yourself where it comes from and why and for for me at least doing that it, it got rid of so much of my self-loathing and and it was a really powerful process for me it, re it just it required a lot of honesty and I think that the parallel between the Stonewall riots for me is just the power that comes with being honest about who you are and in the context of relationships especially in the context of a relationship with somebody whose opinion you love and value that is really hard to do sometimes 
Yeah, super powerful track, and it's cool to hear your perspective on it, uh, unpacking it like that. Spark, another great song. You wrote it very quickly. How'd that song come together? How were you able to write it so quickly? Um, So... So it's funny. I, I write a lot when I'm either walking or driving. Um, so I go on, on walks, especially when it's nice out. And I just, I come up with le- the lyric components at least. And then sometimes the melodies too. And I'll just like walk, sing into my phone into like my voice <laughs> memo is like a tool kind of, you know, just like people will be like, what the hell? But that song in particular, I remember that my partner was out of town for the weekend, which is kind of rare um, to have the house to myself like that. But I was, anyway, so I went on this long walk. I think I had gone to like a show that night and I walked like two and a half miles home. And I was just like, I remember just like having these little like one-liners like like rolling around my head. And so I just took out my phone and, and just like walked and, and wrote them all out and realized that you know, first of all, the song like started out as like seven verses. Like it was really, really long and I I had to like dial it back and like cut, trim the fat, cut out what I, what I didn't want. Um, and it's really about, it's, there's like come there. It's like all over the map. And I think you can kind of hear that in the production as well. Um, there's like kind of commentary on machismo and like, um, toxic masculinity and then like sort of revisits the same themes of just like unpacking your own shit and like taking ownership over it and then like acknowledging your own your own role in yeah like I guess accountability would be the succinct way to say that just like acknowledging your own role in in your life and your ownership over that um, so it's really all over the map but it came it came out just kind of like stream of conscience which consciousness, which is like not always, it's not super typical for me, I would say. Interesting. Wow, that's cool then. I was reading or I was listening to an other interview that you did where you talked about that you also just write poetry separate from lyric writing. So how do you keep the two separate? How do you know that something you're going to write is good for lyrics for a song or something that you kind of just want to keep as a poem? Um, so a lot of times the when I write song lyrics, they come with a melody in my brain, like just automatically. I don't know why that is, but that's the way it happens. And with poetry, I, I, I don't really do anything other than like store it in my phone. Just if I think I have a thought that's worth anything, I'll, I'll write it down and it can be, you know, like, I, I don't publish it anywhere, for instance. Yeah. Um, but with the, the song lyrics, like, they typically, yeah, they like, the best way I could explain it is, like, they come with really natural melodies. And, I mean, if I'm lucky, I'm, I'm usually sitting with a guitar and, and toying around with words and phrases that I like. But in the context of, like, what we're talking about, like, how did I know that Spark was a song? I think I just knew I had to write it. I yeah. don't think I, I knew that it was a song right off the bat because it definitely didn't come with a melody right off the bat. But I was just like, I knew I I knew I was saying something that I wanted people to hear. And so in that way, I was like, okay, it's a song then because I don't do anything with poetry. <laughs> Have you ever pulled anything from an iPhone note and then kind of placed it into a song that you thought actually this would fit well here? Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely in Saturn there's a line in that song that says don't let me die with my iPhone in my hands or something like something yeah, like yeah, that that's came a great from, line yes <laughs> that came from an iPhone note I was just like I was like I should put this in the song like this is great it's hilarious don't let me die with my iPhone in my brittle hands and that was just like you know like how uh, there are like social media trends it's like post your post your like screenshot your notes or whatever and I was like wow I have a lot of weird stuff in there um, and I found that note and I was like, that's going to go in a song. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's cool because that, that line totally s- stood out to me. And I remember listening to it earlier. I'm like thinking about something to ask about it. Yeah. But thank yeah, you. That, so no, I don't that's, even have to ask. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. That's definitely like an iPhone iPhone note, like, uh, like deep cut, I guess you could say. <laughs> totally. Baby Blue. Awesome song. Thank you. Wrote it three years ago. Song about isolation, feeling love from someone else, even though you're completely separated from them. Super relatable to a lot of what people have been going through the past year, even though you wrote it before the pandemic. So I'm assuming you couldn't even imagine that this was on the horizon. How does it ha- how does it feel to have a song that you wrote years ago kind of take on this new meaning uh, in the context of the pandemic? Um, so for me, it feels really special, especially because Baby Blue, when I originally, I mean, granted, it's, it's very different than when I originally pitched it, but even my bandmates were like, meh, like, I don't know about this one. Like, let's revisit, you know? Um, and it had this really powerful meaning to me about like finding love and establishing a connection in the face of loneliness and grief. And so I think just like, oh my God, the relevance, like it feels really wonderful. And and that was sort of part of the decision-making factor and wanting to release it as sort of the lead single this year um, was just how how close to home it it started hitting for me again. And originally like (laughs) I wrote that song sort of about my cat which is silly and funny but just about like having a connection with somebody or something and how special and unique that can be no matter what type of love it is um and and then yeah just i mean when i started thinking about it and and in interviews since then i was just like oh my gosh this is too much it's just it's it's amazing to have it take on this new shape yeah, for sure. It's crazy and really amazing that yeah. it takes on this new meaning. It's very special. Yeah. You were reading Raymond Carver and Chuck Palahniuk while <laughs> writing this record. How did their work influence the, the songs on this record? Um, so, well, Raymond Carver is like pretty... I'll, I'll, I'll go with that one. Um, Raymond Carver just... I really like short stories. I'll start there. I really like short stories, particularly because I have ADHD and reading for extended periods of time is really, really challenging for me. And so Raymond Carver has this amazing ability, unparalleled even, I would say, to convey all of these beautiful, beautiful things in eight pages. And I think that's, that's brilliant. And so I think in terms of influence, I would say, yeah, just the ability to 
to convey and say what you want to say and, and like nothing more. And I think that is a skill that I personally struggle with, like being succinct and saying what I want to say and, and stopping, you know? Like, I think Pale Hound, Ellen said something about it recently, like, because she released a song that was only a minute and 45 seconds long or something like that. She said something along the lines of, like, yeah, well, I just decided or, like, realized, like, say what you want to say and then stop. And I think it's a very, very powerful tool. And I would say that is sort of, like, the the big takeaway from from Carver. Totally. So... The personal experiences that you unpack on the record seems like they could provide comfort to people that are having similar experiences and that can kind of see themselves in what you went through. What do you hope people take away from the record, particularly those who can maybe see some of themselves in your experiences? I think like just practicing empathy That's like the big one for me because so, I mean, especially now and given like the state of the world and everything is just like practicing empathy with everybody, you know, and and being really careful and being really precious with your emotions and, and setting boundaries, you know, all of that stuff is what allowed this record to be made. And if, if people could take away one thing, I think empathy is the the biggest one um for sure right on absolutely all right so now we're gonna play four songs from clever girls brand new record constellations it's out now on egg hunt records we're gonna hear come clean lavender spark and saturn i suppose i have spent It's no surprise how I made a mess And now you make a mess of me too You made a mess of me
All right, we're back. We just heard four songs from Clever Girl's brand new record, Constellations. Again, we heard Come Clean, Lavender, Spark, and Saturn. And you can get a copy of the album on vinyl via clevergirls.bandcamp.com. All right, now DJ picked some records from my record collection. We're going to talk about them and play them, starting with Sea Change by Beck. You picked Lost Cause. I think this is my favorite Beck record, yeah. by the way. I love the way he plays a guitar on this record. I think it's really good. Oh, yeah. This album is amazing. Um, and it's funny because... I started, so I, when I revisited our emails and like sort of uh, like read the, reread the format of how this, this interview was going to go and uh, the podcast was going to go, it got me thinking about like why I chose the songs that I did. And I was like, oh, yeah. like, why did I choose the song? And I started like digging way back in my brain. I was like, why do I love the song so much? And I mean, this Beck album is amazing. I've sort of rediscovered my, my love for Beck because Rob, our, my drummer, uh, is like obsessed with Beck. Um, he fuck, he loves Beck. He like sometimes he'll just like scream Beck out in the like <laughs> Beck. <laughs> um, he took his mom to see Beck. Like he loves Beck. Um, anyways, but I started thinking about um, just in general, like what this album means to me, um, and it brought back to me. This song, Lost Cause, was put on a mix CD by somebody who I think without them, I might not be a musician today. Um, and it is just like, and it, it jumped out at me in your discography because I was like, oh, like, I love this freaking song. I don't think about this album a ton, but overall the significance and like the weight of not only this song and this album, but like, the person with like who I attach it to um, is really powerful for me. So it was it's it was cool to like go through that in my own head and be like, why did I choose this song and what does it mean to me and da, 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 you know like all these things. Um, just yeah, this this song is like very much cemented on my journey to musician. Cool, that's amazing. Yeah. That's really yeah. awesome. Baby, you're lost. Baby, you're lost. Baby, you're lost. After, after Beck, Britney Spears, Baby One More Time. Great song, Lucky. Yeah. Probably my favorite song on that record. It's so good. Britney it's... in the News recently. This, this album was, it's funny, it's my fiance got it as a gift for like a work, a uh, secret Santa or something like that. That's and it's like a picture, it's a picture disc. So, you know, <laughs> I scanned it into my discogs because it's here on the shelf. So um, it's amazing. It, uh, Lucky is a beautiful song. Like what a, what a powerful song. Um, and just, I think I, I, I picked this one in particular because obviously she's in the news lately and you, you talk about, you talk about ownership, you know, um, and just 
I, I, I just feel like her whole story has has taken on a new meaning for me. Um, and like all of these songs that she's performing have, or she performed or recorded, have taken on this new sadness um, that I didn't hear as a kid and I yeah. hear it now, you know? And I think that is really, uh, it just makes my heart like heavy. <laughs> yeah. It just makes my heart so heavy. Um, and I really do, I stand by it. Like I think she has so many songs that are so beautiful and so powerful and uh, honestly pretty poignant um not a girl not yet a woman yeah oh my god <laughs> amazing so yeah yeah they're, they're good good songs for sure classic pop gems yes for sure for sure This next one, I love this pick because it's a band that I've gotten revisited a lot over the last couple of years and just started to really appreciate what great uh, pop rock songwriters they were. The Cranberries, Dreams, beautiful song off of Everybody Else Is Doing It, So Why Can't We? Exactly, Chef's yeah, Kiss. Chef's Kiss. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's so good. Um, so this song is, is funny for me because, so I actually, I, I attribute, um, I, I, I should give Cranberries, the Cranberries a lot of credit because so Dreams was a song that Clever Girls used to cover, um, before Dolores passed away. Um, and they were very much, I would say like an inspiration and influence on a lot of, like more of like the more pop leaning sounds on constellations. Um, I really fell in love with like a lot of their, the, the popper, the popular music that they made. Um, and when she passed away, we stopped covering it. Cause we were just like, it's just too sad. Like they're yeah. just, they're just too good. Um, and they're, they have just, they hit after hit, hit after hit. It's just, yeah. So, I, I, pick, I picked that particular song just because I think that they are very responsible for a lot of the sounds on the new album. Yeah, great songwriters. I think when a song like Dreams through the years gets a little overplayed, then you kind of don't want to hear it. And then you come back and you reappreciate, wow, this is really good. That's kind of what the reckoning I've had with a lot of artists like the Cranberries that they were Absolutely. actually really, really good. And really, you appreciate really what great songwriters they were. Absolutely. Yeah. And just like how versatile, like their songs are in terms of sounds like they, there's just so much going on, on, on their albums. I, I love them. I love them. Me too. We love, the Irish band, the Cranberries. Yes. Also, I don't know if you've watched that show about a Dairy Girls, but they're in there a lot too. Yes, my partner loves Dairy Girls. Great show. I'm <laughs> so a big good. fan. Have you seen the Bake Off? 
version. I, I saw part of. <laughs> I saw part of it, and I re- I recognized one of the people on it from the show. I'm like, hey, that's that's her from Dairy Girls. So, yeah, yeah, we watched that at my it. house too. We were like, this is like the best of both worlds. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Next, great album starter, a kickoff song. Reminds me a little bit of uh, the album kickoff song on Constellations Come Clean, especially the loud, quiet dynamics. Violet by Hole off of Live Through This. Yeah. Um, So I love this song. This song was introduced to me by a a very good friend, um, she actually, she dated my brother for like eight years and she, um, she really introduced me, like she had like very cool kind of hippie art teacher parents, which was very different than my upbringing. Um, and I think she had a, ex- been exposed to like, ultimately like just like a lot of cool music and art and, and popular culture that I either wasn't allowed to listen to or see or consume in any way or whatever. So she ended up introducing me to a lot of cool music and I, I came to whole like relatively late in life for like when they were a band like I was probably a teenager um by the time I had I had heard them for the first time and um yeah I just I mean whole has just like some really visceral visceral music and I love that. <laughs> yeah, especially on this record. Some sure. seriously visceral songs on Live Through This. And I'm a big fan of this record. Same. Same, same. <laughs> And last one, Chance by Angel Olsen off of All Mirrors. She's just a treasure. That's I all forgot that I, I chose say. this song, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just surprised by that. Um, uh, God, yeah. Angel Olsen, I like, oh, she's just, she is a treasure. That's the only way to put it. Um, I love all of the jazz influence on this album. Um, especially like in her vocal, um, and especially in this song, like I, I just think it's so beautiful. Um, and I was listening to this album a lot when we were, I think, or maybe it was right after we finished recording Constellations, but it was somewhere like in like the end of, of the album recording and, um, like into like the mixing and mastering station stages, like. I, I feel as though this album did not get the recognition it deserves. Like, I think it's, f- like, fucking masterful. Like, I think it's yeah. so good. <laughs> like, beautiful I, album. It's just so beautiful. And um, 
yeah, her vocals on it are really what do it for me. Um, I mean, obviously the, the instrumentation is beautiful too. Like all the orchestral stuff that's going on is amazing, but her vocals on this album are just so next level for me. So next level. And chant, uh, yeah, that song really illustrates it. Killer song, killer album, <laughs> killer artist. Yes. Just all of those things. I All right, DJ, thank you so much for being on Look At My Records today. It was so awesome chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun to kind of go through the new album with somebody. Um, I am very, very appreciative of you taking the time. So, Oh, anytime. The album is awesome, everyone. It's called Constellations. You can get it at clevergirls.bandcamp.com. It's available on standard black vinyl. If you snoozed on the limited edition blue vinyl, you snoozed. Should have <laughs> should have acted faster. I, I did, so yeah, I'm gloating a little oh, bit I'm for so everyone happy out for there. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about. You know, I'm a collector, so I'm all about those limited pressings. Gotta get it. I love it. it. I love Gotta it. I'm it. about it, too. My my partner got me into them, um, and I, I'm very glad that you appreciate them, because I get stoked about them. I'm like, yes. We're two people that are stoked <laughs> about the Clever Girls Blue Vinyl. It's out now on Egg Hunt Records. And we're going to play one more song from the record before we wrap up today's episode we're going to play fried tell us a little bit about this song great really smooth landing sonically to end the record thank you um this song i we tracked in its entirety live at the studio and then got it all mixed up and ready to go and then decided that we wanted to completely retrack it and change <laughs> the whole sound so i love this song because i put so much thought into it and into how I wanted it to to sound and and be played and all of that um and I think it's probably my favorite song on the album I think it sort of encapsulates just like all of like if we want to talk about being succinct like this song is all of what the album is about in whatever like two minutes and 50 seconds or whatever it is so it's a great tune, everyone, and we're about to hear it. DJ, thank you again. Thank you. This is Pride. Yeah. Exist 